Over a century ago, a tomb ship bound for China is shipwrecked and sinks. The SS Ventnor has a ghostly cargo. The remains of 499 Chinese gold miners, all packed in coffins that never made it home. Here's a story about human bones, a shipwreck, guardians and disturbing the dead. It's also an unlikely tale of two cultures forming an unbreakable bond. We walked in there, you know, not entirely sure what to expect. And to our surprise, he just said in a very matter-of-fact way, oh yes, our ancestors buried those bones. They knew that they were the Chinese bones and we've been waiting for you to come back. But a new documentary is causing outrage. I feel for the New Zealand Chinese community that um, are being put in this position really of having their ancestors' remains almost paraded over the media. I think it's very sad. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang, and today on The Detail, why some in the New Zealand Chinese community are pushing back on a retelling of their history. Wellington writer Kirsten Wong has been following the story of the SS Ventnor for the New Zealand Chinese Association ever since 2007. After 2014 or 2013, there was a really big community response saying how hurt and outraged they were and you know it was a very very loud and clear response to have this coming up again in this way is is so disappointing so what are the reasons for doing it here's the documentary maker john albert i'm not going to please a lot of people but i think this story needs to be told and i think once people see what we're talking about they will understand why we've been so determined to keep going. I don't intend to be bullied into something that I believe I have every right to do. Do you you feel like this is your calling in a sense? Yes, I do. I genuinely believe that I was chosen by the the spirits in that boat. When we think of the last couple of centuries of New Zealand history, the story of Māori and European settlers is often the first thing that comes to mind. There's the idea that people from China are all new immigrants. But the truth is, the Chinese have been here ever since the mid-1800s, lured by the gold rush and the hope of providing better opportunities for their families. Many of those miners died, and that is where the story of the SS Ventnor begins. My great-great-grandfather, Choi Su Hoi, was a supporter of repatriating the bodies of miners who had died in New Zealand uh, back to their home villages in China. He'd already successfully organised a ship to take bodies earlier, but in 1901, while he was in the midst of organising the SS Ventnor uh, ship to take more bodies back to China, he um, unfortunately died. That's Jenny Suhoi Agnew, one of the many descendants of Choi Suhoi. She lives in Christchurch with her husband Trevor, and until the early 2000s, she was unaware of her historic ties with the SS Ventnor. Trevor and I were on a committee to organise the very first Suhoi family reunion, which we held in um, Queenstown. 
And in trying to sort out the family tree, with the generosity of several family members, we published a family tree book. It's pages and pages and pages of descendants from the one man, the Choi Su Hoi pioneer, who um, started us off, if you like, in New Zealand. Um, And from their interest grew. And my husband is... uh, an historian, and he found the the genealogy quite fascinating, and we started finding out more and more. Um, I might add that the uh, reunion we held in Queenstown attracted something like practically 450 people who claimed descent from Choi Su Hoi. Where did you all stay? (laughs) Oh, we took over all the hotels. You took over, you took over uh, Queenstown. <laughs> we we did take over Queenstown. We closed off the um, the Skyline restaurant for the big dinner, and um, we took over the Urns Law and went on the lake. It was <laughs> it was a fabulous weekend. Choi Su Hoi was a pioneer of gold dredging in New Zealand and a well-respected merchant. In 1902, his body and the remains of 498 Chinese miners were placed on the SS Ventnor. The ship was chartered for Guangdong in China, but it never even made it out of New Zealand. The Ventnor struck a reef and sunk just off the Hokianga Heads in Northland. 13 crew went down with the ship, as well as the rest of the miners and records of their identities. Lost forever, or so most people thought. For those uh, remains of those koiwi or those miners to come ashore and then to be looked after by the Māori community, I think that that in itself is a story of of a relationship whereby Māori and, and the Chinese community have cemented, I think, an enduring sort of relationship. That's no Tane, the general manager of the Te Roroa Trust in Northland. His grandfather, Te Atarangitane Order, was just a young man when Koiwi, or the bones of the Chinese miners, started washing ashore. He and others in Te Roroa, as well as Te Rawara, took it upon themselves to carefully bury the bones near their own ancestral grounds, and Snotane says that history has been passed down the generations. I was born and raised in Auckland, but every every summer we came home for uh, whānau camps, and so we were told at a very young age about this, this special place where these kōiwi were interred. So my earliest memory, you know, maybe around the age of four or five, was when we when we were told about these special places. As a four and five year old, do you remember thinking anything in particular? Not really. I mean, once you're told that this is a special place and you you shouldn't really go there. Uh, when I talk about a special place, I, I talk about uh, tapu or wahi tapu. It doesn't matter what kuiwi this this special, no matter what. Writer Kirsten Wong explains how she got involved in the story. My friend uh, Wong Lu Xiong had actually moved up to Rawane, and because she's Chinese, also from the early settler Chinese community, people kept, uh, you know, saying to her, "Oh, you, you know, we we buried those bones that we that that came adrift from the Ventnor." 
And she was shocked, you know, because it was a long time ago and, you know, we, we hadn't heard this story. No one in the Chinese community had heard this story. Mm. And then because people kept saying it to her, she thought, OK, I, you know, I better investigate this. So I actually flew up from Wellington to go and talk to, it was then Alex Nathan, the chairperson of um, Te Roroa Whata'ora Trust. And, you know, we walked we walked in there, you know, not entirely sure what to expect and to our surprise he he just said in a very matter-of-fact way oh yes our ancestors buried those bones they knew that they were the Chinese bones and we've been waiting for you to come back that's so lovely it is lovely it is lovely and then he proceeded to talk about how how the history had been passed on to him personally and not only the history but also the responsibility for keeping alive the memory because there was always a full expectation that we would come back and we did. There's since been several groups of Chinese descendants who've gone up north to the last resting place of their ancestors to visit the graves that have been carefully looked after by local iwi. A memorial has been designed and will be constructed with the help of a $100,000 grant from the Provincial Growth Fund. Interwoven into the tragedy of the SS Fentanyl is the touching story of two entirely different groups of people coming together. But in recent years, there's been a third player. A century-old mystery of the whereabouts of a ship that was carrying the bodies of almost 500 men from New Zealand to China has been solved. A shipwreck which was detected two years ago has now been officially declared to be the Ventno. The wreck has been found in about 150 metres of water, 21 kilometres due west of Hokianga Harbour. Now, John Albert is the chairman of the Ventno Project Group. It was in something like 2013 we heard that someone had found, had dived down to find a wreck, and they thought it was the Ventnor. That was when I first heard of it, when we first heard of it. Some of the family were really, really excited, thinking that that means that they could um, actually find our ancestors' remains and take them back to China, which was what he intended. But some of us thought maybe that is a sufficient resting place for him and the other miners because I remember he actually had said that people who did not have family to return to but were returning to China anyway, he had said that these uh, former friends, he called them, these former friends could be buried with him together as a family. And in a way, I feel that he's got his um, wish. Uh, I, I fully identify with people who would still wish to have the remains returned to China, but time has moved on. I mean, this is uh, 118 yeah, 100, years. Yeah, 118 yeah, years, yeah. That's right, and... Uh, Time and tide and, you know, the practicalities are, are enormous. The wish is still there. And I know many of us, many of the family, still have that dream. It's quite a complicated story, isn't it? Because, yep. like you say, in 2013, uh, there was news about this group who had found the shipwreck. And then mm. shortly after, there were stories about artefacts being taken. Oh, 
that was that was such a shock. I think from the, the general community's point of view, we view the wreck as a grave site. Yes. We view it as yes. something that's very deeply um, connected to our families because so many of our families and our ancestors were involved. Mm. Um, and we feel like it's, it's, a, it's a place that should be respected and not really something which you go down and have a little bit of a sightsee and take stuff off because it's a grave site. And I think that that was our that was our concern was the removal of items from that sacred and special place and private place. There's another voice in the story. Told you it was complicated. Bill Edwards is the Northland Area Manager for Heritage New Zealand. He says under heritage law, only wrecks before 1900 are protected as an archaeological site. So legally, people were allowed to take items from the SS Ventnor. In order to protect the wreck uh, from people removing parts of the wreck, we gazetted the site. And a gazettal is a process in which a site is seen of such importance, and in this case it's both national importance and you could also argue international importance, that um, it was gazetted formally as an archaeological site, therefore it gave it full protection. And who was actually doing the diving and removing these artefacts? There was a group of divers that had come over from Australia and there was uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Mr John Albert who appeared to be in charge of the project. So, And they gave those artefacts to Te Papa, so those artefacts are now in, in Te Papa you would have thought that would have been the end of it, right? So you've put protection on the ship, no more artefacts can be taken, that's the end, it's settled. But then in recent times, you've got the same group who are now intending to make a documentary. Underwater cameras have found what many deep-sea divers have been unable to for 118 years, the remains of nearly 500 Chinese gold miners. I've spoken to some of the families and they are terribly upset um, from seeing the footage and reading the news uh, without um, their knowledge. I think the important thing is is that um, Mr Albert needs to be talking to the descendant community. Legally, is he allowed to film there? Uh, legally, he's uh, allowed to film. I guess it comes down to the, the wider question about if this human remains there, effectively it's a cemetery. And my personal feeling is it should be left alone. I feel for the New Zealand Chinese community that um, are being you know, put in this position, really, of having their ancestors' remains almost paraded over the media. Uh, I think it's very sad. Hey, John, why is the story of the SS Ventnor and what happened so important to you? I actually um, have to ask myself that same question over and over because especially over the years when things got really difficult and also obviously when people weren't too happy. But I think it's it's more of our fairness and I was told that this isn't the John Albert story, that it's it's a, a Chinese story. It was actually a New Zealand story. It's something that I felt needed to be told. When they talk about the the, the, the other group, talk about you know the closeness between um, 
the Māori from the area and, you know, the things that went on as far as the uh, looking after the remains and that sort of stuff as well. Um, I'm actually Māori and I'm I'm actually from the Hokianga, so it, it means as much to me as any anyone else. But that perspective has put John Albert at odds with descendants of Choi Su Hoi and others in the Chinese community, including now Race Relations Commissioner Ming Foon. John Albert defends removing artefacts off the wreck prior to the Heritage Protection Order, saying it was for proof that the ship was indeed the SS Ventnor, and it was always his intention to hand them over to Te Papa. On the issue of his documentary, well, Mr Albert says remote-controlled cameras did find remains of the miners, but that footage will not feature in the film. You're talking about um, Choice Hoy's family being upset about the documentary. If you go on the news every day, there are things that we see on TV that none of us like to see, but it's part of life. As far as I can see this one here, it is part of our New Zealand history, and I have every right to tell our New Zealand history. Right, it's, but it's a New Zealand Chinese story. Well, I, I keep hearing it's a New Zealand Chinese Maori story. If we can't, see, to me, I actually feel like I'm being bullied by these people because if we can't tell our stories without being forced to, to shut our mouths and, and walk away, then, I mean, isn't that part of freedom of speech? I mean, what what if I and my my relations or my whanau decide we don't want you telling our stories? Can what I put it then? to you, though, because I've spoken to the iwi, Te and they say that they also have not given you a mandate. When you talk to the iwi, you talk to certain people. I also have talked to my whanau up there, and I have their support. You will see that on the documentary, and I have a large whanau up there. So, so you're saying that you have an overwhelming majority mandate well, no, no, from the I'm iwi saying, up there? What I'm saying is that as far as my whanau is concerned... They are supportive of what I'm doing, and it will be seen on the documentary. And were you at the ceremonies between the iwi and the Chinese delegations? No, I, I had no need to be there. Isn't that an important part I was, of the I was, documentary? I, no, 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 hold on a minute. Number one, I'm telling the story, I'm telling it uh, as, as a documentary, and I'm talking about our New Zealand history, Okay. What went on between my um, whānau up north and the, the Chinese group was something that they themselves wanted to do. I didn't feel that I had any right to be there. I got to be, to, um, in, in fact, on the original one, I was invited, but I turned it down because I didn't feel that it was, it was anything to do with me. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Mm. You know, we, we we kind of thought, you know, after 2014 or 2013, there was a really big community response saying how hurt and outraged they were. And, you know, it was a very, very loud and clear response. We went to the government, we went to um, Heritage New Zealand, and we kind of built up a relationship with the Ministry of Culture and Heritage after that as the New Zealand Chinese Association representing um, this fentanyl issue and to have that sort of have this coming up again in this way is 
is so disappointing. Kusun Wong says the filming of a gravesite is extremely distasteful, and that's echoed by Jenny Suhoi Agnew. This is Choi Suhoi's story, um, and uh, and along with all the many um, minors that he was that he is finally at rest with. And this is what I mean, you know, this is his resting place. He is at rest. He is at peace. Let us, let's, let's wish that he can rest in peace. But John Albert says the spirits of those ancestors are the ones leading and guiding him, and he fully intends for the documentary to be released early next year. Things just seem to happen along the way. Um, almost to a point where I felt like I was being guided to do the things that I've done. And uh, do you do you feel like this is your calling in a sense? Yes, I do. I genuinely believe that I was chosen by the, the spirits in that boat to help them go home. Now, that's just my opinion. I, I really think that um, if I was to cancel the, the documentary now, there would be just as many people disappointed that it's not going ahead. So. I think we'll wait and see when it comes out and then you, the public and yourself, can be the judge. That's the detail for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. This episode was engineered by Rangi Powick and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Jenny Suhoi Agnew, Kirsten Wong, Shane Tane, Bill Edwards and John Albert. Matewa. Wa.